0: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Passion for Epic. I'm Jam, and today we'll be joined by a special guest within the Epic Cash community. As I mentioned in the first episode with Bad Wolf, I'm really excited to be able to provide this podcasting platform for anyone in the Epic Cash community, you know, wanting to share their journey or a project that they're working on. But anyway, without further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest. His name is Izzy, and I'm really excited to hear about his journey with Epic Cash. So, Izzy, welcome to the show. How is it going up there in Alaska?
1: It's beautiful. Thanks for having me on the show. It's a nice overcast, slightly rainy day, uh, probably in the 50s uh, Fahrenheit. That would be like probably high teens, -teens, mid-teens Celsius, and uh, that's my my kind of weather, so I'm digging it.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Well, why don't we, t- why don't we uh, start with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself? Why don't you introduce yourself to everyone?
1: All right. So I'm Izzy. I was born in Hawaii on the big island of Hilo or in the city of Hilo on the big island uh, uh, of what they call Hawaii. The actual island is Hawaii. Uh, I left there when I was about four years old, lived in Louisiana for about a year and then moved to Alaska. And that's where I grew up since uh, since I was about six years old. Um, I was in the military for a number of years, about 21 years. And uh, right about the time I finished up with the military is when I really got heavy into crypto. It was about 2013. And um, let's see, you know, my first exposure to Bitcoin is 2010 and I tried mining and it failed miserably. I didn't have, you know, like spending three to five hundred dollars on a... On a video card was just absurd to me. I couldn't imagine. You know, I just always went with like a, just enough to play the games, you know, and get thirty frames per second on 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 WoW and video games like that. Um, and <laughs> you yeah, know, so yeah, I wasn't I wasn't at the elitist level. Um, and you kind of you know to be to to really get a sensible, I mean, you have to have a pretty good gaming rig uh, to to be, in my opinion, anyways. I mean, really, you can mine with a lot with anything. It's just you know your returns are going to be lower. And um, all I saw in 2010 was a slowed-down computer. So 2013, um, uh, it caught my eye again because the price of Bitcoin went up to the equivalent, you know, it was on parity with a bit, uh, an ounce of Bitcoin. Um, so that really drew me in. I, I ended, ended up, in, over the course of like a few months, um, you know, first I bought one video card for 200 and then another one for two or 300 Before I knew it, I had eight of these graphics cards um, mining away and and uh but you know was, uh, it, t- 2014 was the crypto winner um i thought crypto sucked uh you know i i ended up losing mo- most of my crypto <laughs> I, I sold all my graphics cards you know and i just like ah what the, what the heck was that and then it came back on in 20 2015 2016 i started getting back into it with mining again um and then 2017 happened, um, and then 2019 was when Epic Cash happened. So let me just get into the Epic Cash part of it because that's by far been the most <laughs> rewarding part of my crypto experience. Has definitely been with Epic Cash. Um, it's it, because of the people in the community, the the education level of, of the people that are, that are are that are here, and the founders like Max um, Freeman. You know, he's he's an independent businessman, uh, semi-retired from from that from his previous career and, uh, of I think selling like toner cartridges, but, um, uh, and, and just, just a fantastic dynamic dude. Who's like interviewing the likes of Mark Cuban and, you know, is going to be releasing this epic, um, podcast, this amazing pop podcast that's coming out. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, 2019. Um, I, I had some experience in mining, uh, you know, since 2013, so six years mining, mining experience with like, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty details of how to set up uh, from one, from one coin to the next. And, you know, I was always on the hunt for some coin and like whatever's profitable and like uh, just selling most of the coins instantly and then having hope in some projects and seeing projects uh, vaporize over the course of of six years and then just really not having a whole lot of hope and in in crypto projects and just kind of like, you know, what's going to make sense here? and and dealing with developers who, who had no um, eye for flexibility or agility or defensive design. Um, and so like when I would ask uh, developers uh, from other projects, hey, what do you think about what happens if uh, uh, it wasn't random? Well, yeah, maybe I was asking about random X, but uh, anyways, I was asking these developers, you know, what happens if, it's, if this gets uh, attacked by ASICs or, or converted to being mineable by ASICs? What, what are your thoughts on that? And they basically had the mindset of, well, that just won't happen, and we don't care about that. Not like, oh yes, we're flexible and we, we care about being agile as part of our um, as part of our design. Um, it was just they just had, kind of had this attitude. It wasn't community oriented. They weren't like, you know, oh hey, here's someone who's interested and in, is asking intelligent questions and wants to be, you know, wants to participate. It was just kind of this this closed door. Um, I mean, they they probably had free and open source software, but. Um, They were just kind of elitist jerks when it comes to um, you know uh, getting people into contributing to the community. Um, So yeah so my first experience with Epic Cash was uh, appreciating a mining algorithm um, that was split up between CPUs uh, you know between a common computer processor and then another part of it could be mined with a graphics card and then Interestingly enough, they said, "You know what? We're going to give a really small portion um, of this mining capability to ASICs." And I was like, "Wow!" And I really kind of got my gears turning. Like, why are they doing this? And and it's 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 a measure of control, and which I which I really appreciated be, because that control came from the community. It came came as a thoughtful consideration of how can we you know, what would be the ideal mining algorithm? And it's interesting, this um, gentleman by the name of Guy, and he's with the Block... Uh, found, uh, I can't think of the name of it now, but um, he just did this uh, video on YouTube uh, where he's talking about what would be the ideal crypto. And from, from the get-go, I kind of looked at his premise as very narrow because um, he's talking about, what, like, one coin to rule them all. And, and really, you're going to have... An ecosystem and that, and that's again going back to the point of Epicash and like my journey with Epicash after about a year in, into being in Epicash, you know, uh, in September of 2019, came to the revelation. Uh, and and this was like it's not like this happened in 2020 when everybody realized that there was going to be this epicenter ecosystem, this was in plan and this was in the work since tw- at least maybe 2016, 2017. Um, since the day you know, since Max was getting into crypto he had this vision for not just one one coin but you know in addition to a perfected bitcoin or an improved bitcoin uh, there would be this, epi- there, this this epicenter ecosystem to support all that and when you look at the history of blockchain projects and bitcoin and and what um, resulted in a flourishing ecosystem it was things like usdt coming at, coming coming online and enabling people to convert fiat to usdt to then trade for other cryptos and not just bitcoin but other you know altcoins and and so that usdt was really a powerful enabler um, and so, so when i saw this epicenter <laughs> ecosystem these are the things that are going on in my in my head i'm like and i uh, you know text communications and even this verbal communication is so limited because you want to you want to capture the the sums of an angle of a hundred side object. And you, and you can only speak in, you know, (laughs) in this dimension. Um, And there's, there's, but there's so much to it. So yeah, that's um, I'm kind of all over the place, but yeah, 2019 uh, (laughs) September, (laughs) that's, that's when I really got keyed into the proof of work. And um, at every step, there's just been signs of intelligent, thoughtful consideration, um, and community involvement from um, not just people who walk in, you know, who found us from bitcointalk.org or who found us from Reddit or who found us from Facebook or Twitter or Uncle V's YouTube or, or uh, uh, any, any other YouTuber out there. It, it's not just open door to, to these folks, um, but leading uh, industry leaders. Uh, the part you know, like Max is talking to the heads of the likes of Kadena which is another fantastic blockchain pro pro, pro, pro uh, program um uh Matic uh um and you start name dropping these these names to people they're like oh really you guys have a partnership with them oh you have you know it's 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 it, it raises eyebrows uh so so yeah that's uh let's uh let's see what else uh yeah that's uh, that's kind of how i got i mean i'm
0: i'm not yeah. uh I'm not, I'm not even sure where to come back at you from that. I mean, the first part was, the first part was Hawaii, which sounds Yeah,
1: amazing. I should pause, sorry.
0: No, that's okay. It's okay. This is your show. Um, and I know that you said you were, you were very early into this crypto space, um, but the, the part that you seem to consistently refer back to is your interest and passion in the mining yeah. side. So what, ex- what exactly drew you into the mine- mining of crypto in the first place?
1: what drew me into mining crypto was this idea that i could do it myself and and that um it was something that i could do on my own and it was i, I you know i grew up uh just pretty much just me and my mom and uh and she was fa- she's fantastic and um but she was fiercely independent like if when as I grew up into an adult and I would go and try to help her, you know, she would be like, Oh no, 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 you know, don't worry about that. I've got that handled. It'd be something as simple as turning a screw and in, in, in the dishwasher to stop it from wobbling or something, you know. She'd be like, No, I got someone coming over. You know, she wanted to handle everything, even if she wasn't doing it herself, she wanted like, you know, uh so, so I get a lot of that from from her and um also from just being a just yeah, I had a lot of um, independence. I had a lot of um, on my own kind of kind of situations, and 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 I I just love it when you can go in by yourself and and do something and do do honest work and and be rewarded for that. And and that's that's what I saw happening with crypto. Um, it was making sense. Uh, it was you know it was starting to make sense um, with with one bitcoin being on parity with one ounce of gold in twenty thirteen. And, and then it, um, it stopped making sense because of crypto winter. I, I didn't understand what was going on, but then you see it happen again. Um, and that's, you know, this is a terrible thing to be happening uh, in, in the crypto space, but I think it's I think that those effects are diminishing. Um, and I think we're going to even out. And I, and I think proof of work consensus is going to continue to be uh, the most trusted consensus mechanism in, in blockchain projects. Um, Because of of that sense of um, the ubiquitous nature that anyone in the world can go and participate. So uh, yeah, so that that's I I think that answers the question, and I I could probably ramble on about that. But that's I want to just I just (laughs) want to I hope that succinctly enough you know gets to why I think proof of work is so important and why crypto mining is important. It's just this the ubiquitous yeah anyone can go and do it. And, and, and participate, and, and it can be financially uh, liberating. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you've, you've obviously spoken so passionately about Epic Cash already, but I don't think you've told us how you actually found Epic Cash. Yeah. So how did you find it exactly?
1: So I was in the habit of going on to bitcointalk.org and scanning uh, their announcements. So there's an alt there's a dedicated altcoin section and I would just scan through there and I would find coins and then I would mine them. And that was called speculative mining. Spe- speculative mining is where maybe a coin is worth nothing, but you look at the project and you're like, okay, uh, here's an interesting team. They have an interesting use case that they're going after. Um, or maybe a friend of mine is mining something. And um, so, so in that process of scanning bitcointalk.org, um, I just got really fatigued from that. And I, I, I ended up not being able to keep up, uh, especially um, after 2018. Um, it just, there were so many coins coming out all the time. And uh, it was it was hard to really zero in uh, and, and, and scan over all of them. So I found a paid service that for $3 a month, this guy has like a, a, a web scraper, uh, you know, it's a, it's a searching device that goes out and it, 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 it gets triggered whenever a new coin gets listed. And then, so so the, so the proprietor of the service would collect all this information and put it in a nice graph or chart. And, and you know, so it'd say, okay, it's proof of work. Um, what algorithm is it? Um, uh, what else? Um, what's the supply? Um, And then there'd be some red, you know, if there were red flags, like if there was a huge pre-mine, it would would include a column that would tell you what the pre-mine was. So the way I found Epic was I was using this paid service, this $3 a month paid service that told me about new coins coming out. And I'd been using it for a couple months and, you know, it'd be like, um, oh, like nine times out of 10 is like a new script algorithm. So I go and check this website, you know, or this paid service and a, a script and script is like what Litecoin is. Um, so basically, it's just all these coin, these clones of pre-existing coins, and they make one little tweak or another, and it's just like really super boring. And no, I'm not going to mine script because it's it's, <laughs> it's ASIC dominated. And so, you know, every once in a while I find a random X, a, a new random X coin, and be like, oh, cool. Or, okay, I take that back because it, it wasn't because it wasn't random X, but it would be like a CPU mine, mineable coin. I can't remember what was before. I think uh, Crypto Knight was before random X. And so before... RandomX, there's all these crypto night uh, coins that would come out. There were some interesting GPU algorithms, um, uh, X X11, X13. Um, so, so yeah, I was just kind of fumbling through these through this uh, paid service, and then lo and behold, one day I open this website and I see this coin that says you can mine it on CPU, GPU, and ASIC, and it has RandomX. I'm like well, RandomX isn't even released yet. Well, that's just because Monero hadn't, you know, Monero was testing it and there was like benchmark sites you can go and, and start getting an idea for what different processors, how different processors would work with with Monero's RandomX. And there was these chat groups I remember participating in, you know, oh yeah, RandomX is coming. And and here's a, here's a coin, Epic Cash, that is, you know, releasing RandomX now. And so I looked at it and I was like, but this was like late August, and so it hadn't actually released yet. And so, so I, you know, I get into the community. I'm like, okay, when mania? You know, when is mania? <laughs> when, when, when can I mine this? <laughs> and um, and I was, yeah, was, I get goosebumps just thinking about it because it was like, I I, it, I hadn't seen nothing like it. And know, um, yeah, I was just cocky and arrogant. I didn't know anything about about epic cash. I didn't really know anything about money. Um, <laughs> I, I learned, you know, about the three properties of, or the three functions of money as I got into Epic Cash. But yeah, so, so the, that's what, uh, let me just stop it with that, answering your question. That's, that's how I found Epic Cash. Uh, I was just scrolling through a bunch of different coins and Epic Cash just stood out, um, uh, just head and shoulders above the competition as far as its supply. Um, you know, there was a, there was a mining fee um, and like when you start looking, it's like okay, there's a mining fee or a, a, like a development fee that goes. You know, started off at 8.88%, and then I'm reading about this, and it's like, oh, but we diminish that developer fee um, by 1.11% every year until it completely disappears. And I'm just like, are you guys kidding me? Like this is so cool. Um, like it makes sense to have a developer fee, sure. Yeah, and and in one way, shape, or form, when you look at, um, I can't think of one crypto that doesn't have some form of, of fundraising, whether it be through a community, they, they all, you know, they all find some way of, cause you know, you got to pay for things. And, um, uh, and, and you you can, even Bitcoin, you can go and you can say, well, Bitcoin didn't have a developer fee. Okay. But how many coins does, um, does the alleged Satoshi have? Uh, there are addresses with millions of Bitcoin in them that have not moved. So um, that's, that Sure, it's not a developer fee, but it is an example of um, – sorry, kind of, I probably went off topic here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, is
0: it, honestly, it's, it's an interesting story, so you don't worry. You can continue as long as you like. Yeah,
1: so yeah, just, just any coin out there has developer fees. And um, just as, as I saw, uh, as I was getting into Epic Cash, it was just so apparent that it was unique and superior to any coin that I, I had gotten into
0: yeah uh, I, I mean i've been in crypto for around five years now and i've actually never heard of somebody learning about a, a coin or a crypto or a token from a from a paid subscription yeah. service to be completely honest with you but i mean if that's how you found it in august 2019 i wish i'd done the same well um, and i because the prices that i'm sure you got would have been amazing uh, yeah
1: um you know and so many times i've seen i i've been there i mean if you've been into crypto since you know for number of years you've seen you've seen a crypto that you never heard about and then it slaps you across your face like um let's see ethereum was kind of like that to me a little bit like I, i i didn't pay it much attention and then it just blew up um but there's other examples of coins that have have been around longer um and then they you know have been they may have been around one two three years and then all of a sudden they just explode because um like when i first saw raven i i it didn't click with me, and then I saw. Um, I think his last name's Burns. He's the uh, he was the Overstock CEO for a while. Um, I think Patrick Burns or David Burns, but th- you know, there's this news article about he invested uh, a large amount of money in, into Raven Coin, and so yeah, um, these things happen in crypto. Uh, y- you don't <laughs> you don't recognize a coin until they do something monumental. Um, and I, I think Epic Cash has already done a lot of things that are monumental, starting with the proof of work, because um, no, to this day, no other coin does it quite what Epic Cash does with the multi-phasic um, uh, changes of how it goes through um, and shares that distribution amongst um, the different mining components. So um, that's, that's a cost savings initiative. It's a cost savings um, opportunity. Like if you don't want to mine full time with your equipment um, and you want to save a little on your electric bill, um, you know, Epic Cash is on, is in my calculations has typically been more profitable, especially with GPU. I can't say as much for CPU. Uh, CPU tends to be more ubiquitous. Um, they're, they're people just uh, have, there's a lot more CPUs out there um, that, that, uh, that are, that are mining um, compared to GPUs. So for some, for some reason, GPU, uh, can, can get, um, you can get a, a really good quality GPU and, um, get a substantial portion of, of the network cash rate when it's on the GPU mining algorithm, Where whereas a CPU, um, it's kind of taking smaller sips, um, from, from, from the, uh, from, from the network cash rate and, um, there's they're just spread out a lot more I think that's where a lot of our um, nodes probably come from um, is are just like little CPU nodes out there people people running uh, running a, a node and running uh, running a, mining with a CPU simultaneously um, but yeah so it's, it's an interesting dynamic uh, I, I whenever I'm talking in terms of mining, a lot of times I'm talking in terms of GPU mining. But C, you know, CPU mining accounts for four, nearly half of it's forty eight percent of the coins that are mined a day. And there's about five thousand six hundred coins uh, that are made available daily at this time. And I think next year, um, I think like maybe June twenty twenty three. Um, I think I think it's June. Yeah, I think you're right. Yep. The. It, it, uh, the block reward will get halved again. And so it will drop from 5,600 down to like 20, you know, maybe 2,800 coins a day. And, um, that's, that's just part of the scarcity and yeah. Um, just continuing to execute, um,
0: this plan of superior money. Yep. So I'm, I'm aware that we've, we've discussed a lot about the, the history and, and how, we've come to today but what about the present because i understand that you're actually heavily involved with the strategy of e1 so would you like to tell us a little bit about that i know we've been analyzing different bridges such as Ren, and well there's many there's too many to name but would you like to tell us a little bit about that i would um let's
1: see where to begin so i would just start by talking about the broad strokes of why it's important um E1 is wrapped Epic. And that is a process of, um, of locking Epic Cache into, into a network, into like a partnered or coupled network, such as, let's just say, Matic um, or Axelar or Ren, um, where they have sort of like bridging services, where they have remote servers around the world. And there's different ways of. Okay, let me just. Keep this simple. Um so so we so we secure or we lock our Epic on a remote network. It gets processed through a smart contract to where you're you now have wrapped Epic, and that wrapped Epic might be on ERC 20, which is like Ethereum's um smart contract uh network, or it might be BEP20, which is Binance's um layer two that rides on Ethereum and probably other networks. And so, what what happens when you wrap the epic is you enable it to be transferred across different networks. And so that's that's what we want with E one. We want to plug E one into the matrix. Let's say let you know the and have instant connectivity across all these networks, where it can then be transferred or traded against uh, different trading pairs on different networks and decentralized finance. Um, and so. That's, that's why E1 is so important uh, because once we can do that, then we can also plug in smart contracts of ECR and EUSD. And that's where we get, um, you know, locking the EPIC for, um, for wrapped EPIC, which is E1, which can then be engaged through a smart contract to yield EUSD which you can then go and spend EUSD as an equivalent of a crypto dollar um, for one dollar, you know, one USD equivalent of, of Epic. Um, and then you, you could go and, you know, take, it would be a loan and then you could either just hold that or you could go and spend it. And in the meantime, while this loan contract is engaged, you are accumulating um, fr- through the process of your Epic being locked um, and in the background, other DeFi processes such as um, arbitrage and, and um, trading against other pairs. Um, the idea is you get rewarded with ECR, which is our governance token. Um, so, but E1 is the linchpin. E1, if I'm using that, the, you know, the keystone. It's the enabler. It's it's the tesseract. <laughs> it's the thing that brings it all together. Yeah, E1 is um, like st- phase one. Phase one of Going forward with this with this uh, broader epicenter ecosystem plan, I would say. I mean, we've got some some of the you know we ECR does exist, um, but it's not fully deployed and fully implemented, and it doesn't have all the financial mechanisms working for it that we that we want. E one is a big enabler to to making that happen. Does that make sense as far as E one? Um, why it's important, and then what we've been doing. I think that was more your question, right? Like, what are we doing to get E one? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it was useful to hear about E one. Okay. E1. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. So, and then so, such such an interesting time to be alive. Such a historical moment to be in crypto, when you know you're like, oh, maybe Nomad can be a partner, and we're and you know we we're drawing up charts and diagrams. Uh, we, you know, we have G sheets of you know, to, uh, columns of, okay, here's Axelar, here's Ren, here's uh, z- uh, Gravity Protocol, uh, or yeah, uh, here's Zero Protocol, Gravity Bridge, um, here's uh, uh, Axlar Nomad, uh, uh, Multi Chain is, is actually a name of, of one of the service providers. Um, there's actually dozens of them, and so you know we're like, so we were talking about, hey, you know, we're watching these YouTube videos, and we're these these town halls, these three-hour meetups of these um, leading industry-leading developers talking about trying to sell their 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 bridge um, to to this other um, customer called Osmosis, where they have a DeFi exchange, and and they want, you know, they are actively seeking a partner.
0: Um, is that atoms? Um, yeah. atom's uh Dex, uh, right, or something like that. Uh, I believe. I believe you're right. So it's it's part of the um,
1: Cosmos ecosystem and plugs into Cosmos. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and so and so for E1, we're we're in the same boat. Osmos was osmosis was in. They chose Axilar, um, and so far so good. So that's actually uh, a target, a potential. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be. We 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 have been chatting with them, um, and so far they are um, they are interesting. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, I, you know, I don't want to go go into too many details about the discussions there. Um, I have to say, it, it's nothing's.
0: Yeah, there's always some ask. Can you can you tell yeah. us? Can you tell us whether there's potential and whether it's exciting? Yeah. And we won't ask <laughs> anymore. So. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> now now yeah there's definitely potential and there's definitely excitement and um, what we've seen like nomad so, so like I was talking about nomad and like you know as we're talking about nomad um, I'm I'm like I just happened to click over to uh, I clicked over to and an, an exchange uh, not an exchange uh, it's like a listing service it's called a DeFi llama um so they're like coin they're like the coin market cap or or coin gecko for for DeFi projects so i went to DeFi llama and like i i had just yesterday i was populating this spreadsheet of information about these different projects and i had the total value locked i had their their market cap um how how much how many transactions that you know how many millions of dollars in transactions how many the, the total number of transactions that that their ecosystem has has generated and so i was tracking nomad and they had like 200 million dollars uh total value locked and um i think i saw like a text message and like something about oh nomad uh hacked you know or whatever that so i clicked over on DeFi llama and it was total value locked 600 dollars, and i was like oh god what just <laughs> happened oh, and wow. yeah and so um you know, and, and there's one of their competitors that is, is over there saying, you know, well, this never would have happened with our product because with our product, we have smart contracts that cannot be modified later. So they get their smart contracts just so, just set up in such a way that um, everything should be accounted for. So that requires a lot of pre-planning and it's a slow work. It's a, it's, it's a slow upfront workload, but their, their claim is that um, they're going to be more secure. And so Nomad is not the only one to blow up, um, there, there, you know, uh, well, for different reasons. Um, Terra Luna is an obvious one, but that was for different reasons. Um, but the actual um, cross chain bridges, there, there have been other cross chain bridges, and, and that's what we're looking at, uh, is is cross chain bridges. Um, so Ren Ren hasn't blown up. Uh, they have solid security they're highly decentralized they have thousands of nodes um, they have privacy attributes that are interesting to us um, ren is still a, a very strong candidate and we are very interested in in working with them um, they're they're open they have open source components um, but they're so their back end has some has some closed source parts that are that are uh, more difficult to engage with and so they're kind of um, Encouraging other people to just do work blindly, and that's really hard to—that's a hard sell for uh, for developers to say, "Hey, go do a bunch of work, and maybe it'll it'll uh, be fruitful, and maybe it won't." Um, <laughs> so, so, so we kind <laughs> of want a, a more um, engaged um, uh, partnership with with Ren, and so that's what we were trying to work towards before we just go and do a bunch of work for nothing, um, and then Axelar, we're, we're gonna see you know what's up with with them but um, it's it's promising because they were they they have integrated well with osmosis um, and uh, comparatively I, th- I think uh, just starting with e1 um, should be technically um, uh, very very integratable um, it's it's a matter.
0: I think you tried to avoid using the word easy then.
1: Well, comparatively (laughs) easy, yeah. No, I I would say comparatively. Thanks. Um,
0: (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, I like to use simple words. Yeah, yeah.
1: And so there's pros and cons. Um, I I think that Ren is probably more decentralized compared to um, Axelar. However, that doesn't mean... That we don't get started. Uh, I can't remember exactly the term. Uh, I, I hear Uncle V throw it around. It's like you know, start ugly, or <laughs> I think this is what he says.
0: Um, I think something yeah. like, he said that to me when I did my first few episodes. Yeah. yeah.
1: So getting E one
0: learn on yeah, the getting
1: E one shipped is uh, is important and um, like as long as it's secure, as long as. Um, like Johnny Avalon uh, is is more uh, technically apt uh, adept in this realm than I am and he could blow me away on on, uh, and 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 he and he has been a tremendous teacher in the community to to folks paying attention to Freeman U and explaining some some of the things going on but we we want um, first of all like like I was explaining Epic to be locked it has to be has to has to be locked, and where those keys um, are kept in, in this locking process are hugely important. Not your keys, not your crypto. We we don't want um, custodial uh, uh, wallets. We we, we want non We want a non custody situation where users are secure um, with with their keys. And so that's that's a point to be clarified with exactly how Axlar works on that. Um, but yeah, that's that's a part of it. Um, so, uh, and 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 we we do another thing we're comparing are uh, audits. So uh, Axelar has has a number of audits done. Um, uh, Nomad had a number of audits done um, through through Certik uh, is one of them, and and plus additional auditing uh, sources. Um, comparatively, I would say is
0: Certic- yeah. Go ahead. So I was just going to say, is Certik still around? They've been around for ages. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, they're big, and they they have wow. a a very nice looking UI, the user experience. Um, and not a user inter- interface, but more of a user e- experience. Uh, what they set up, they have something called Skynet, where you, you they do it's it's a it's an ad- it's an added feature. I think it's it's a paid service. I don't know if it's a subscription based or what, but um, basically, if you're a crypto project. Um, and, and you want to demonstrate your your security. Um, you know, you go to one of these secure these auditing services, and and they they have a lot of experience. Um, they do manual checks through like code reviews, but they also run it through um, like a, a, a an automated system. Um, and and then on top of that, once all that's concluded, well, that's just like phase one of of three phases. Phase two is them working with the, the developers to say, oh, okay, well, why does your product you know, we flag this as a as a risk. And maybe the pro- the developers might disagree and explain why it's not a risk or or explain what countermeasures they have. Or they might say, yeah, you're right, um, we have to fix that. And then phase three, uh, uh, you know, at the end of it all, when everyone agrees that the the critical security Risks have been uh, averted and, and 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 worked out. CERTIC um, will say we will provide ongoing maintenance or ongoing surveillance and censoring of of your smart contracts to see if anything changes and give you instantaneous uh, an instantaneous alert that some, something has gone awry here. And so that's that's a really cool um, feature so that uh, you know you kind of have a peace of mind. That um, there's always someone. There's always a sentry on duty watching uh, the smart contracts. So that's that's pretty cool stuff. Um, And you know, it's it's refreshing to see that all all of these um, blockchain messaging services and that's what these are. So and that's how you when you go and read if you go start reading about IBs, IBC and ICP. That's inter-blockchain communication and inter-blockchain communication protocol. that's how they, that's how they explain it as, as a messaging, uh, service. Um, so it, yeah, sure. so they're, they're, it's messaging between networks and, you know, we want to send Epic to the Ethereum network on Erc 20 It's a message that goes out to a, a, a cross-chain bridge, a cross-chain solution. And it says, you know, this, we're, we're going to, and it hits that cross-chain solution and it recognizes it as a native Epic, uh, tran- transmission. It's like, oh, okay, they're, trying to send Epic uh, to this known wallet that we have set up. Um, so at this point, it's no longer native Epic. You know, you have to keep that in mind. If you want pri- pri- you know, the privacy benefits of Epic, uh, you gotta stay on the native chain. But if you know, we wanna do business and we wanna live out in the world and do things and, and integrate in that way, then this is the pathway. And that messaging protocol says, hey, um, great, you're, you've come to this address. We know what the purpose is that you're gonna lock your Epic so that we can convert it to E1. And now E1 is going to be plugged into, you know, into the matrix, into the rest of the crypto world.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think it's best to start drawing this to a close. But before we do, just a quick fire question from me. If you had to pick three favorite parts to the Epic Cash project, what would they be? And you can literally answer this in any way you want. Um, And and tell us briefly why. Um, The people, the
1: technology, and... uh, the potential for, for for what's for what's here. So the people, um, I didn't realize it at first. I I saw the technology first, um, but uh, you know, as if I were to rank them, the, the people, one hundred percent, is takes priority over anything, uh, because it's actual people who are making the gears turn and and that made any of this possible. People like Todd Lewis. Um, genius brainiac, who came up with the, um, <clears throat> <laughs> the Fuhita, uh, uh, you know, um, algorithm to multi-phasically uh, work through uh, an, a proof of work algorithm that's shareable between three big mining components of computers and graphics cards and ASICs. But um, yeah, so, so people uh, um, the, and, and how those people come together, the community um and and a sense that we can endure no matter what like the 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 fundamentals that have been put down here um no matter what happens if if there was a <clears throat> a major network outage or something if all the networks in the world blew up um there someone would still have the white paper saved on a hard drive and you know we could reboot from that <laughs> if we had to um <laughs> yeah, but and, and our and our backups and redundancies are growing, but so yeah, and the technology uh and then uh the ecosystem and then just what that enables. So <clears throat> this idea that um pre- previously unbankable people um can can have uh their own finances and be able to have a measure of control over their finances that was never before possible, um, that they could exchange value and um, and you know uh, yeah participate in markets that were previously inaccessible. Um, I mean that's crypto in general, but that's where the head of the Epic Cash community is. Like that's where our hive mind is um, is kind of open to and 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 going towards is um, all this potential. Um, for doing something useful with all this fantastic technology that we're putting together—that's scalable, that's a, f- a few gigabytes that can fit on a smartphone, that can be a, a, a walking node uh, anywhere on the planet. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, I think I think that maybe that overgeneralizes and, and answers too simplistically, but. Um,
0: so people technology and commun- uh, in the, the ecosystem um
1: yeah. well the potential for it yeah so, P- so people technology and and what and and what what it's pos- what's possible with that with that with those two things and 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 we've already seen it, awesome. seen it happening like um but we know we're we're like phase 0 uh, maybe maybe getting close to phase phase <sighs> 1 you know yeah but yeah yeah.
0: awesome awesome is he well i i think we can probably do a part two yeah. to this to be honest with you um because it's like you're uh the, the amount of knowledge you've got it's, it's really interesting to listen to um i'm sure i'm not the only one who thinks that so thank you for coming on the show today um obviously you're well known and, and a much appreciated member of the epic cash community um so yeah thank you very much you've been a great guest. thanks jam
1: for... let me just say you're a fantastic host. I think I think was. Uh... In transmit mode a lot, but I hope I listened to your questions and, and answered them <laughs> adequately. And thanks for all you are doing in the community. And thanks for the newcomers and, you know, uh, Cosmo out there on, on YouTube. I haven't seen him in the community lately, but I know he's he's an epic cash holder. Batuan from Turkey. Um, like I said, Roman from... Um, Argentina and you know just all, all the regulars and all the usual suspects and the mother truckers and um bad wolf Kim and you know just just what a co- community you have and what a what in it what an it fantastic uh contribution you've been and I'll, I'll, okay I'll give it back to you and let you close out your show thanks so much man thanks jam <laughs> you, you're
0: great my pleasure, is It's uh, you're you're clearly full of passion and knowledge, and it's an absolute pleasure to be able to speak to the people like people like yourself and and Kim, and hopefully we've got Enrique. I know he's listening in, but we've been discussing uh, Enrique to come on episode three, which I'm really looking forward to that as well. So, but anyway, to to close this out then, so for anyone wanting to tell the Epic Cash community about their journey and and or a project that they're working on, please feel free to drop me a DM. I'd be really happy and excited for you to come on the show and share share your story. Thank you for everyone for tuning in today. I hope you enjoy your evening and I'll see you on the next episode. Cheers all.